As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Man, I hope you're having a good day. The Doug Gottlieb Show is broadcasting live every day from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection. Fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, we got a lot to get to. We got a Thursday night football game and a good one. And a good one. Um, that is between the Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Arrowhead Stadium. That'll be on Amazon. So you can watch on your phone or in your app or wherever you go. But traditional TV, unless you're in L.A. or in Kansas City, you cannot watch it that way. Um, 
Sean Payton had some interesting things to say about Aaron Rodgers. Huh. Plus, I had a thought on Lamar Jackson when I looked at, at the game tape of, of the Jets game where the Ravens uh, demolished them. But also, then I looked in the stats and it kind of backed up how I was feeling. Um, got a good draft for you upcoming this hour. Man, Alex Heisman's going to join us. Steelers linebacker. He's playing his third season. He'll join us next hour. So we got a lot to get to. And we'll give you our predictions on tonight's game. But the news of the day in the sports world is Roger Federer announced his retirement. And now he's going to play in one last event. He's actually, ironically, going to play in the Labor Cup. And Patrick McEnroe, he's going to join us. Longtime ESPN analyst. He's the vice captain of the world team at the Labor Cup. So he'll actually be there and be a vice captain for the, the last professional performance tennis match of Roger Federer's career. But it's interesting, right? Like the, you know, injuries and age, his kids now, but he cited the fact that, you know, rehabbing, he's had some injuries. It's just at, at some point you go, hey, my body, we're kind of done here. And Federer is a guy who you look back five, six years ago. Remember, 30 used to be the cutoff. 30 used to be the cutoff for tennis greatness, right? And, and he was... I want to say he was the first to really push past and be incredibly competitive post 30, right? There's others that have had, you know, blips of greatness or really good years, but Roger Federer, um, you know, even after turning 30 years old, I mean, he won Wimbledon in 17, right? He won the Australian open in 17 and in 18, he was still able to later on in his career, maintain a level of consistency and competitiveness that most guys had not. And there'll be some that say he's the greatest of all time. And you have this kind of three-headed monster, right? Nadal, who's dominated on clay. Djokovic, who should have the all-time lead, you would think, but couldn't play in Australia and couldn't play at the U.S. Open. And now, of course, Nadal has been mired with injuries throughout his career, but especially recently. And now Federer retires. So I, I guess... The net net is you'd think Djokovic is going to end up with more majors than anybody else. But does that make him the greatest of all time? It's a great, it's a great discussion. And what, you know, like the thing I like about instead of calling guys the greatest of all time, because tennis players are a little bit more like quarterbacks, right? Where we have forgotten that Peyton Manning, when he retired, by many people's estimation, was considered the greatest quarterback of all time. And, and, and Joe Montana for before Peyton Manning. He was in that conversation. Some people thought Favre. I, I, I think Favre was kind of a unique character unto his, to himself. I, I don't think anybody ever thought he was the greatest quarterback of all time, but definitely a colorful character and one that was very successful in his own way. And then you had John Elway, who in the peak of his powers, didn't win a Super Bowl. But late in his career, his last two years, he did win a Super Bowl and considered an all-time great. Now, of course, Brady seems to have replaced all of that. But it's like... Elway was big, strong, mobile, unbelievable arm talent. Peyton Manning was amazing for everything without his arm. Tom Brady always got rid of the football quick and was a guy who took less money and wouldn't move but got to his spot. Felt like Joe Montana, though surrounded by some of the all-time greats, his level of quarterback play rose to the level of the game like the ultimate competitor. So I'm interested, if you break down quarterbacks, you can break down tennis players 
the same way. Patrick McEnroe, kind enough to join us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. As I mentioned, he's the vice captain of the world team at the Labor Cup. For people who aren't super tennis guy, what's the Labor Cup in comparison to uh, other events in tennis? First of all, I appreciate your segue from Brady, Montana, and Peyton to tennis. That was very smooth, Doug. Well, you're talking about the all-time greats, right? That yeah, This is the yeah, same you're, discussion. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, and Roger is up there with the all-time greats. There's absolutely no doubt. The Labor Cup is an event that was created about five years ago, actually by Roger Federer, uh, in, in order to honor the great Rod Laver, who's the last man to win the Grand Slam in men's tennis. He did that twice, actually, in his career. Um, and so the Labor Cup is a competition that takes the best players from Europe against the best players from the rest of the world. And my brother and I are the captain and uh, coach of the rest of the world. And suffice to say, Doug, that in the last uh, four or five years, we've been severely outgunned, okay, (laughs) because uh, the power of tennis has shifted in the last 20 years, mostly thanks to Roger Federer and, of course, a guy named Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic have helped. But it was, I, I believe it was Federer's, you know, burst onto the onto the Grand Slam stage in 2003. That sort of set the tone for the next 20 years, and then beyond, even of what we saw this year at the U.S. Open with some incredible young talent, with Carlos Alcaraz winning his first major, Yannick Sinner, uh, Francis Tiafo. I think he's I think he's revolutionized the game, Federer, and the way he played the game in the last 20 years. And I think now um, we're seeing the the benefits of it in the in the new era of players that are now bursting onto the scene. Yeah, Alcaraz, man, I can't. I can't believe how many games that guy played. I don't know how he's still st- he's standing for a week or two weeks. Like, just get that guy an ice bath for a, for a month. Uh, Patrick McEnroe joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. If you haven't heard, Roger Federer announces retirement. He's going to perform, going to play in the Labor Cup, which of course uh, Patrick is uh, is the vice captain along with his his brother coaching in that that's upcoming next week. Um, Let's get back. First time you saw Roger Federer was when and where? Well, um, the first time I really got a close-up look at him was when I was, it was my first tie, which is a, another word for match, uh, in the, when I was a Davis Cup captain. I became the Davis Cup captain um, in 2001, and we went to play a match against Switzerland. And they had a young guy that I'd sort of seen play a little bit by the name of Roger Federer, who was a teenager at the time. And he absolutely took over the ma- the entire match in, in singles and in doubles, you know, going up against a few veterans on our team. And and I remember Doug watching him. What it really hit me was I was, you know, sitting, you get to sit on the bench in Labor Cup and in Davis Cup and coach and, you know, be right there. And I remember sitting right there on the bench and watching Feder during the doubles match when he was at the net. And he had these incredible cat-like movements and instincts that were so pure looking but yet so explosive at the same time and then he would like carve the ball on a volley he'd cross what we we call it poaching in tennis where you cross and pick off a, a, a ball that's coming in midair and he would just carve you know like a great golfer when they put like english on a shot and they, mm-hmm. they spin it back like 20 feet i'm like i've never seen anybody do that with a racket like do it that effortlessly and and then combine the movement so that was the first time that I got an up-close-and-personal look at him. And then it took him a, about two years until he won his first major It kind of for him to sort of figure it out and put the pieces of the puzzle together because he had so many tools in the arsenal. You know, he had so many different options to play with. And when he started to figure it out in 2003, 2004, that's when he took over the game and, and started to re actually reevaluate the way we even looked at the game. Because for a while, Doug, 
we were we in the tennis world were worried the game's just bang bang there's too many big servers you know the end of Sampras's career Krychek Ivan Isevich Filipusis these guys are just serving people off the serve, court serve, serve and volley right serve and volley yeah, serve and yeah, volley not even serve and volley more just serve you know serve and then pound a big shot and then you had sort of the counterpunching guys that came along to withstand that like Leighton Hewitt you know Roddick was a combination of both and 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 so when when Federer sort of started to figure it out. He, he played a classical game of tennis, Doug, but in the modern era. Like, he, he went back to the roots of tennis, which were, you know, simplicity. You can play slice. You can drop shot. You can play sort of a continental-type forehand. You can serve and volley. You can do it all if you have the modern tools, right, if you're lightning fast, if you have incredible racket speed and acceleration on the forehand, which he did, um, if you're cat-like in your movements. So he had all of those things, and I think, whether you know he's probably not going to go down now as the greatest of all time, simply because Djokovic has 21, Federer's got 20 now. You got Nadal with 22, and they're going to likely be able to play a little bit longer. But he's definitely, to me, the guy that changed the game more than anybody. He changed what we thought was possible. And when you watch Sinner go up against Alcaraz at the U.S. Open, you're like, holy mackerel! Like I've I've, I've never seen tennis played at that tempo, that consistently over five sets ever. And Roger um, Federer, we can all thank for that. How was he able to play so well past 30, right? Like when I, I've been in this business now for over 20 years. And I, when I first started, I remember like 30 was basically the cutoff. Like 30, you drop off yep. the cliff, right? And when he got to 30, I was like, all right, his day's done. You got these, some of these younger guys. You know, Djokovic was younger, N- N- Nadal was younger. And yet he continued on to be competitive. Obviously, 17, he had a really good year. He had a very good year. Right. How was he right. able to extend when so many others weren't? Well, he figured out, first of all, uh, he was very quiet for many years about what he did off the court. Um, we never really knew what he did. And then we sort of got a glimpse of it late in his career. You know, the movement drills he did, the, 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 the flexibility drills. Um, and obviously Djokovic has taken that to even a whole nother level with what he's been able to do. So I think, you know, you combine the fact that he was so much God-given ability, right, with the racket, just incredible racket skills, and then he figured out how to take care of himself, how to nurse himself when he needed rest uh, and pace himself uh, because the tour can be just nonstop. It's like a merry-go-round. You can just keep going. You could play every week if you want. So he figured out how to take breaks, and he had a great team around him because he could afford it. And he could, you know, that became the, the money became much greater. So the the desire to stay in it longer was there. But here's the most important thing, Doug. It's a little bit like you were just talking about Tom Brady. Like, why the heck does this guy keep doing it? Okay, and he's got the diet. He's got the you know the people around him, whatever. Because their passion for the game. So Roger Federer, not only did he love to play and did he love to compete in the game and win, he just loved to play the game. He just loved to go out there and hit some balls. That's why he made a point in his, in his Instagram, in his message today. He said, I'm not done with tennis. I'm just done with playing competitive tennis at the highest level. You are going to see him for many years still going out, playing exhibitions, uh, traveling the world. He is, I mean, again, Nadal, Djokovic are unbelievable players. Will probably, probably surpass him in, in, in just you know, being better because they've done it longer, have more majors. But nobody... Okay, nobody has affected the sport of tennis with the fans around the world ever the way that Roger Federer has. Okay, with with that as the as the statement, now you factor in that Serena brought people to all these matches that previously hadn't watched tennis, right? 
and you have Federer, who affected worldwide tennis popularity. What's the health of the sport with both of them retiring at the same time? I got to tell you, I would have been worried if uh, I hadn't just experienced what I experienced at the U.S. Open, which, I mean, the passion from the fans. Of course, the Serena story became a thing in and of itself. It was the Serena story, the Serena Open, the first five days. But even before that, by the way, Doug, and I was there every day, I mean, the fans were coming through the gates like I've never seen before, going to the outer courts. Then you had the emergence of Alcaraz, Sinner, Tiafo, Coco Goff, obviously had a good run, didn't go all the way. Um, I, I, the, the game is in unbelievable hands. I really, you know, you're still going to see Djokovic and Nadal, I believe, for a couple more years. But these new guys, have t- are st- are gonna t- they're taking over. They're taking over the game. And, you know, obviously from an American perspective, we would love to have Tiafo in the mix consistently, Taylor Fritz, Tommy Paul, you know, guys that can compete at the majors. But these guys, I mean, this guy Alcaraz, even from the middle of this year, Doug, was attracting crowds everywhere he goes around the world. I mean, he's going to be that big. So I would have been worried a year ago. But now um, my worries have been quelled by what I saw this year at the U.S. Open. Not just from a player perspective, you know, the level of play, but the charisma of the players and the reaction of the fans. You you, you mentioned that others are going to have, obviously, Nadal and Djokovic more majors. But in your opinion, as a guy who's played at that level, as a guy who's evaluated and and been an analyst at this level, uh, this is your entire life. Is Roger Federer the greatest tennis player you've ever seen? Well, he's the, he's the greatest pure player when he's on than I've ever seen. So I'm putting a little asterisk. If you're going to ask me flat out. Yeah, flat, flat out, be, flat out best tennis player you've ever seen is who? And it doesn't out, have to be majors. The best player I've ever seen when you put the whole package together is Djokovic. Okay, because he has no weakness. His results on every surface are more well-balanced than both Federer and Nadal. He has a better head-to-head record against both of them. Um, and he's, he's, he's mentally, I mean, obviously they're all mentally incredibly tough, but Djokovic was the best clutch player I've ever seen. And, and when, then you, when you look at his game, there's absolutely no weakness in the game, and it's gotten better and better. So he would be, even though Nadal's got one more than him at the moment, you know, he's got a, it's skewed a little bit for him because of how many he's won at the French, which is amazing in and of itself, but he's won 14 on the clay. You know, Djokovic, is, to me, is, is a more well-balanced player, not just with his record, but also with the way he plays the game. It doesn't look as pretty as Federer. Um, it's not as physically explosive looking as Nadal. Right. But biomechanically and technically, it's perfect. Um, Serena kind of hinted, hey, maybe I'd come back, but she wants to have another kid. It just doesn't seem likely. Do you think we've seen the last of Serena at a major? I personally don't. But I, that's, I have no inside information. And like you said, I mean, one day she says she wants to have another kid, and then the next day she's thinking, oh, maybe I'll play again. And, and who can blame her, right? I mean, she had a nice run at the Open. I mean, she captivated the crowd. And I, most importantly, I believe she felt that she could compete at that level. And I don't think she felt that, you know, certainly not at Wimbledon. And she yeah. played a couple of lead-up tournaments. She just looked like totally out of sorts. So when she actually focused and got some good training in for a two-week period – and then won a couple of matches, you're like, oh, I can, I'm not sure Serena can win it, but she could compete at this level. And I think she got a taste of that. So yeah. would it surprise me? No. It would not surprise me if she comes back. She can do whatever she wants. She's Serena, obviously, and she's going to have plenty of options. But no, it, there's no way Federer is coming back. And I believe part of the reason, Doug, that Federer made this very difficult decision for him, because trust me when I tell you this, okay, 
it's underrated how hard this guy works off the court. And trust me when I tell you, this guy went to the mat the last couple of years with his, with his rehab and his training to try to get back, to try to make one. He did not want to walk away this way. It'll be an amazing celebration of him in London at Labor Cup. And, but he wanted to go one more, give it one more shot at Wimbledon at the Open and actually be competitive. And I think he saw, finally realized the writing's on the wall. That's not going to happen. And I'm Roger Federer. I'm not going to go out there and lose in the first or second round. I'm just not going to do that. He wants to be John one more time. That's what he wants to do. That's that, if we really kind of want to get down to it, right? He wants to, he wants to beat your <laughs> yeah. brother and, and make sure yeah, that, well, he, that, is, that Yeah, I don't think you'd have too much trouble with that. <laughs> Patrick, you've been more than gracious with your time in the last couple of weeks. Really appreciate it. Love your insight. Thanks for joining us. You got it. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. Patrick McEnroe, of course. You see him on ESPN as a tennis analyst. He's that vice captain of the world team at the Labor Cup. We could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, or we could talk about how with Discover you can redeem your rewards for cash at any amount, anytime. Talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Coming up next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, live from the TireRack.com studios. Wait to hear what Sean Payton said about Aaron Rodgers. That's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We got some quarterback talk to get to. I'd like to hear what Sean Payton said about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I did I, I did hear this. It was weird. Uh, Lamar Jackson at a press conference yesterday, and they kept, there was like several questions about his contract, and this is how he answered. Definitely, I'm, I'm really done talking about it. You know, I told you guys before, you know, I was going to be done with it. You know, week one, week one's over with. We're done talking about it, you know. I'm focused on the Dolphins now. And then somebody else asked, you know, well, in regards to the contract, it was, it was just, it was, it was a weird, not a great look. But there is a legit question to be asked there, and maybe it doesn't have to do with the contract per se. And this is actually, I think we discussed this on air. I mean, Jay Stu, and um, you, you can tell me is one of the questions that a couple NFL people had about Lamar Jackson is whether he gets a new contract or, or doesn't get a new contract, but like this year, how much does he run the football considering he's playing for a gigantic contract? It's not that he's not going to try and win. And they did, you know, they were up 10 to three at the half on the Jets. And then in the second half, they scored 14 in the third quarter and the game was over, right? It was 23, three at the end of the third quarter. But he only ran the ball six times, six times. And so it, while asking him about the contract doesn't feel like like he's like, look, I told you I'm not going to worry about the contract. We're playing the season. Does that affect the play calling? Does that affect how much he runs? Does that affect anything? Knowing in the back of his mind, like, look, dude, I got 200 and something million dollars that I'm playing for here. It's, a, it's, it's actually a more fair question, you think. Ricky Fowler finds himself just one shot back of the lead in first-round play at the opening event of the brand-new PGA Tour season. It's the Fortinet Championship. Nick Taylor has a share of the lead at 5-under. Doug, back to you. Wait, they started the season again already? Yeah, well, it was the long off-season, Doug. You had uh, you had two and a half weeks, and uh, this is, this is kind of going to go away in the new PGA Tour schedule. Um, but the at one point... These fall events, they wanted to add more value to them because they kind of got lost in the shuffle, so they did a wraparound schedule. 
but that's going to kind of change um, in uh, the coming seasons because of the new tour schedule following Live Golf arriving. So, so, so are they are they still going to have the West Coast swing where they do Hawaii and then yes, San Diego and LA? Gen, yeah, January and February. Yes, that will. This this has been happening for the last few years because they've always played fall events. They played them in Vegas. This one's you know uh, up in Napa, I believe, and so we, they have another one in Georgia. But there aren't every weekend like when you get to November, it kind of ends. But they wanted to add value to these because they wanted guys to play so they made it a part of the tour schedule but it never really gained the popularity they hoped once well, on uh, you know s- saturday and sunday you can't see you got college and nfl football there's just no yeah. it doesn't get on network tv can't gain the kind of pop popularity right correct that, that, that's the um speaking of network tv sean payton is a new nfl analyst um but he's also done some podcasts he was on Lindsay Rhodes' podcast yesterday take a listen to what he said about aaron Rodgers and how he handled his first game with the Packers this past weekend drives me crazy. I, I here's the thing: I didn't think he played well. I didn't think Aaron played well. But ultimately, when you watch that game, if you looked at the offense and defensive lines, the fronts of both teams, I think that that battle was won on both sides of the ball by Minnesota. And then the rest was a byproduct of what we saw in the game. So one quarterback was under duress; the other had more time. All the other things then become more problematic when you're losing that battle up front. But yeah, I I agree with you. And then after the game, we go to the interview in the locker room and the very first question posed to Aaron was uh, about bouncing back. And and he referenced the, the first play of the game, the drop pass to the rookie. And I thought, come on. And and I like Aaron Rodgers, but I I didn't like what I saw. Yeah. And, and I, the whole pregame with the, the Zen stuff, just like, ah, uh, enough. I want to see, uh, you know, every once in a while, all of us need to be checked, don't we? That's a great point, right? You need somebody in your life that goes like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? Uh, this is really, I thought it was really good. Usually coaches, especially when, like Sean Payton, the, the, the prevailing wisdom is he comes, he does some TV for a year, and then if the Cowboys job comes open, he leaves to take that, right? Is that, are we all nodding, right? That's most people think he wants, because he didn't say, I'm never going to coach again. He's like, ah, I just want to take a break, which, can, you know, and there was talk of him going, obviously, to Miami. There's a lot of, been a lot of talk of maybe he's the guy who comes back to Dallas. He was the one who, though they didn't draft him, he was the reason they went and got Tony Romo to begin with. So there's there'll be opportunities for them. I've always believed like if you're this is who you are. There's no reason to be fake about it when you're on TV. But a lot of a lot of former players, a lot of especially former coaches that want to be coaches. They're just duds as interviews because they won't say anything because there's too much of a backlash. Sean Payton has. Sean Payton has. He, he said this past Sunday that they wanted to draft Pat Mahomes. That's why Kansas City moved up to 11, right, to draft him. You guys remember that? And then he said, um, he just, he said to Aaron Rodgers, like, I think he played that well. Why is he icing out his rookie, you know, wide receivers? Body language is, if you're the, the vet, your body language has to be better. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I mean, the ayahuasca thing, it's not his fault that Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Andrews had to ask him about it, right? Had to. And I actually thought he answered it really well. The problem with it is he, he was not in that state of 
of Zen or in that state of, what is it, uh, flow? He's not in that state of flow when he was getting beat up, which I, I, just, I, thought, I thought Peyton was very insightful and very honest, and we don't get that enough, especially from coaches who are likely to coach again. Can, can you think, Jay Stu, can you think of a coach who you thought would coach again who's been, like, Urban Meyer's really good, and even when we thought he would coach again, and he still may coach again again, but even when we thought he'd coach again, I don't remember him being, you know, critical. He he was just he's just been very smart about it, right? And how he's and I'm just going to analyze the game. I'm not going to be critical of coaches per se, or maybe some decisions, but I'll be soft with it. Like Peyton just kind of told it like it is. Felt like he was felt like he was telling Aaron Rodgers, bro, you need somebody to check you. You need a, you need a best friend to tell you you're wrong here. Yeah, I mean, you keep saying you keep uh, reiterating the caveat that a coach doing broadcasting now who wants to coach again, because like, are you putting Rex Ryan in that category? Do you think that Rex is done as a coach and that's why he, he gets after guys still? Yes. If, if not, a, I think he's yes, an example. I, I don't think Rex Ryan would be a head coach anymore. Yeah, he's the one guy that's been very glib as a coach coming out, but most of them are very dry. I mean, Jason Garrett on Sunday night, I know you oh, like yeah. him and his presentation, but I, I didn't find anything that he had to say particularly edgy. Or controversial? Um, no, 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 no. On Sunday night, I, did, I agree. Did you like what he said? Oh, okay. No, I, I, I said no, 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 was he controversial? Oh, you're agreeing. No, I got you. Yeah. Yes. 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 I was agreeing. Byer, what do you think? Like, I, I thought, I thought Peyton, he didn't go after Rogers, but he, no, he, you know, he, he just kind of told it like it is. Yeah, absolutely. His, uh, you know, his hands in the air, this on the sideline. I mean, there was the whole. Uh, gif or gif of him throwing the tablet in carolina years back and remember that when they were where we've seen him toss the whatever the microsoft tablet was at the time in disgust and so whenever there's an aaron Rodgers thing it's the with his helmet you know half off against arizona last year or it's that and he's now having those same actions on the sideline in the first half of the first game of the year so, yeah, so how are these young guys uh, supposed to grow? I mean, it was a catchable football by Christian Watson, but, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> we're going to criticize other guys. Like, you know, C.D. Lamb was was that way on Sunday night. Like, he had 11 targets and two catches. And by about this, you know, seventh time they didn't connect with Dak Prescott, he's just throwing his hands up in the air. When he's at fault in some of those and not catching passes – you know, so it's it's no different of CeeDee Lamb doing that, and it's probably worse because Rodgers is the leader. Rodgers is the 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 guy on where everybody on that team looks up to. It's a bad look. It's good. Uh, yeah, it's it's good insight and a good angle from uh from Sean Payton on what what probably you know coaches and what those Green Bay Packer coaches think of it. And it's and it's and honestly, completely fair. Completely like you're allowed you're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to be mad, but you're not allowed to act that way, right? You're, you are who your best player is. And if your best player is throwing a fit, well, your team is going to be throwing a fit. Yes, John Ramos. I don't think that Sean, I think Sean Payne would say that to Aaron Rodgers in his face, too, yeah. by the way. That's so, what I was thinking. So That's like, exactly I have right. no problem. I don't think he has a problem with that. And I think we thought this happened a couple of years ago with right Bruce Arians. Remember when he, he criticized Tom Brady after one of the games and then the next day he came out and went like, well, I didn't really mean that's not what I meant. So he right away backed off. Because it was Tom Brady, and I guess he was afraid to, like, go. Oh, no, he, he got a phone call. Yeah. So I don't think, you know, Sean Payton, I think, would say this now. He would say it to Aaron Rodgers to his face. I don't think he has a problem with it. 
No, but but it is it is fairly rare, right? It's it's rare to have kind of a matter of fact discussion about a great player who I, I don't think he'll ever coach Aaron Rodgers, but it doesn't mean that he won't. You know, it just that we don't usually have the 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 like. Look, look at what Peyton Peyton has even said this. Like, I don't want to be critical of quarterbacks. You know, and if you watch the Manning cast, like. Even when he's calling timeout, like he always couches everything with, you know, people don't know how hard that position is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and he, he but he has said, I don't want to be critical of quarterbacks. Uh, that's Peyton Manning, who, who could be, you know, Tony Romo, not really qu- critical of quarterbacks, not really, you know, um, Sean Payton. It's it's it, it's not super critical, but it is critical enough. You didn't play well, and you're acting like a you're acting like a, a fool over there. I liked how like, casually critical it was. Like uh, that's, 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 that, that's what I mean. That, that's right? a great way to. It's, uh, al- yes. it's almost like he's just kind of. It's almost like he's in the coach's room with his coaches, with his feet up on the desk, huh. and he's just talking. And that's that's refreshing because most of these guys measure their words before they talk. I would. I would very much agree. Coming up next to the Doug Gottlieb Show live from the TireRack.com studios. I'm going to tell you. Uh, who my favorite tennis player of all time is. We're doing a lot of tennis this hour. It's part of game time. It's next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. 
John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We can talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, or we can talk about it with Discover. You can redeem rewards for cash any amount, anytime. Talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Danny B, what do you got? Doug, the game today is... (laughs) I feel a draft. All right, in honor of Roger Federer's retirement, three-round draft. I'm curious if it even can go three rounds. All-time favorite tennis players. All-time favorite tennis players. We're doing All the right. snake thing? Uh, we'll do it snake. Doug, you have the first overall pick. Jason Dan, is would you second. like to trade? Uh, Ramos is third, and I am fourth. Dan, would you like to trade? Both um, your picks, four and five for one. All right. Well, I would have 12. No. Um, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay Ra- put. Ramos, would you like to trade? Three and six for one. Sure. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So, so I'm, at, I'm at one? Yes. Yeah, you're at one okay. and 11. Uh, I'm gonna take Bjorn Borg. Bjorn Borg. That was my favorite. What about Bjorn Borg? Is Bjorn. He, okay. Bjorn, Bjorn Borg. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think Baby Bjorn. That's what you got. Think. <laughs> Baby Bjorn. Five consecutive Wimbledon titles. I think he won six French Opens, four consecutively. The only thing though is he didn't win any U.S. Opens or Australian Opens, but he got to the finals. He, he when I was growing up, he was a guy that was just like unstoppable. So Bjorn Borg yeah, is my number one pick. Yeah. And Clay. All right. I think John and I are showing our age on this one. I'm going to go with Bjorg's biggest rival, I want to say. There was a documentary made about him, and I think maybe a movie. Uh, John McEnroe is my favorite of all time, not because of his accolades necessarily, but just his temper tantrums, well-known. The um, the question, jerk! <laughs> number, number two. It's pretty good. The thing about McEnroe is he's an unbelievable analyst as well, like, Patrick's oh, very yeah, good as well, but like John Macro is an amazing analyst. Uh, in the com- he's in the Barkley conversation of the greats of all time, no doubt. I agree um, with that. And he okay, doesn't, so I, and he yeah, doesn't I, hold back. We were just talking about people that don't right? hold back. Right. He doesn't hold back. Doesn't matter who he's talking about. Right. Um, okay. My my this is my favorite. Right. We're doing our all time yes, favorite. favorite. Andre Agassi. So I Andre figured. Agassi. Yeah. Now most people, if you listen to the show, you know that. 
I always liked Andre Agassi. And then when his autobiography came out, Cowherd actually gave it to me. Because uh, Cowherd, you know, spent a lot of time in Vegas or whatever. And I don't know if Cowherd even read it. It's amazing. And then you end up liking him even more. But Andre Agassi, he lived so many different lives. And obviously I liked the last Agassi that played when he shaved his head. And he was just kind of this lovable, you know, comeback kid. Uh, I'm Agassi at, at, is my first pick. All right. I'm at four and five. Uh, when you're a kid, you pick a favorite team in, in every league there is. Football, basketball, baseball, uh, hockey, doesn't matter. You have a favorite team. Sure. You also have a favorite player in tennis. Mine okay. growing up was Stefan Edberg, the, oh, uh, the Swede. Yeah. So I am going to go to my childhood and say Stefan Edberg. But then for my next pick, I have to pick the person that I probably tuned in to watch the most. And that would be Serena Williams. So I'm going to take Serena at number five in thinking of all of the players uh, throughout the years. Who have I specifically sat down to make sure that I watched? And uh, Serena would be that. So I'm going to take Serena at five. Okay. Um, I- I'm going to take for, for six. I'm going to take Rafa Nadal. Ooh. Rafa Nadal. I love watching him play. You know, he's injured all the time. He's obviously better on clay, but explosiveness, passion. He does seem like he, he has a great smile. Like, Rafa Nadal's my guy. All right, Jason, you're up at number seven. Pat Cash is still available. <laughs> the Australian. <Ooh>. Good one. <laughs> Good one. Uh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Um, I don't know even know what her accolades are. I don't know if she won any majors or anything, but the, what I liked about this one is that she was like the Tanya Harding of tennis. She was like the she was kind of the salt salt of the earth kind of tennis player who hated her dad for forcing her to do oh, this, yeah. and Capriotti? she was still pretty good. Yeah, she was still pretty good, right? Jennifer Capriotti. There was some post-career stuff. What was she like? Uh, Drugs. Yeah, a lot of stuff that she got into, but she was the most relatable, I think, of these people. Okay, um, Doug, you got back to back picks. I got lots. I got lots of picks. Yes. Oh, did I? Up. I'm did like, I lose I'm like the, the Oklahoma City Thunder? Huh? I thought I just lost the six and the third. No, the eighth is mine anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. We traded one yeah. for three and six. Okay, That's all we did. <laughs> My bad. Okay. <laughs> John Ramos has fired himself as GM. <laughs> <laughs> Who made that trade? You thought you were you getting did. two picks in you, return. You, yeah, right? I yeah. thought. I thought I was getting the eighth one from that. But okay. My I bad. Pretty clear. Yeah. One for three <laughs> and six. Uh, Would you like to trade a pick next week, John, for this number eight? <laughs> um, why not Roger Federer? I love watching Roger Federer play. Roger Federer. Ele- he's like elegant how he plays. It's elegant. Yes. Elegant. I agree. See, um, I should have kept that because that was my pick. Roger uh, Federer, okay. Uh, number, number nine, is this my last pick? Yes. Uh, uh, back when Jay Stu worked in the Rome show, he used to have a nickname for one lady. I don't think this nickname would work in 2022. Nope. So I'm just going to say Arancha Sanchez Vicario. If you know her nickname, you'd know on the Rome show, you'd know why I'm picking it. It's because of the nickname. Only. So nickname. it's not what, what she did on, on the courts. It's the great nickname that ensued on a sports talk show once. Bingo. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, who's next? Me? You are up. Okay. Because uh, I can't believe this guy's fallen to me. Um, this guy had an attitude. He would get real pissed off too. Not McEnroe pissed, but he got he got pretty upset. And it was fun to watch. Andy Roddick. Oh, Andy Roddick. Andy Roddick. Former yeah. former teammate here at Fox Sports. I, yes, I thought it was going to be Connors when he started talking about. I like John, Jimmy, Ooh, Jimmy I like Connors. Jimmy too. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
All right, John Ramos, now you are up. Now now I get to pick. You know, I, I'm i going to go ahead and take uh, Billie Jean King. The reason why I'm going to take Billie Jean King is because I think I consider her one of the four greatest athletes or, or greatest icons of sports of all time. Like Muhammad Ali, I put Billie Jean King up there. Wow. And I got to, yes, I do. I definitely put her up there. And so I will take Billie Jean King as one of my favorites at uh, number 11. All right, and the final pick, I'm going to take Pete Sampras. So I feel that's very good value at the end of round number three. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Muhammad Ali level? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to do a little research during uh, during the break. I mean, I, I, know, I know about the match, but I'd like to learn. I'm going to learn more here. All right, coming up Please next. Please do. Okay, coming up next, the, the Chargers take on the Chiefs tonight. Not sure if you'll be able to see it, but who's going to win and how much does it shape what we think of both quarterbacks? Let's get to that next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.